Cannabis Podcast. Greetings and salutations to all you sweaty people out there. Welcome back to the Humidus Podcast. And of course, I'm your host for today, Steph, with me, my good co-host. It's me, Duncan. Yes, it is you. And today, we're going to have a bit of an interesting topic. At least I find it pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so we thought, we've seen and watched a lot of anime, and we've uh, read a lot of manga. And of course, our young impressionable selves uh, quickly got introduced to live-action adaptations of anime and manga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, of course, it has very, very, very varying success, because uh, the Japanese film industry, you know, they, they don't typically have the budgets of Hollywood, and they their doctrine of acting tends to be a little bit... Their, their focus tend to be more about having the hottest talent uh, <laughs> yeah. appear in a movie to draw audiences over actual acting ability and usually these people are you know maybe they are drafted for their good looks and singing ability and whatever and they join bands and all that reform bands and then they you know they get forced to do acting and all kinds of stuff to just become like this multimedia sort of personality which is kind of like a whole different ballgame with the idol groups and all that yeah and of course that doesn't always translate well some of them do have uh or develop good acting abilities, and others uh, not so much. So, uh, and examples of both are gonna ex- uh, are gonna appear in the titles that we're gonna mention for you here, because we are going to recommend to you some good live action adaptations of anime and manga. You know, you, some of them you might find on Netflix, others you might have to go very deep in some shady places in the woods to dig up. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. Uh, should I kick it off with one? Yeah, please do. So, yeah, let, so us, gonna... uh, let us enter the minefield that is uh, live-action anime. <laughs> yeah. Should we start low or should we start high? That's the question. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I guess we should kick it off with something that's, you know, at least decent. Okay, okay. So we're going to mention a couple of titles today, I think, that are not so commonly known. Yeah. Uh... But the first one I was going to start off with is fairly known, at least in the circles of people that know these. And um, I wanted to kick it off with Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. Because this movie has been such a huge influence, and it is actually based on a manga, which I found out at long after I saw the movie for the first time. And, <laughs> you know, it caused waves back then, and it's still, its influences are kind of just shown everywhere. Just. Even the just the concept of the battle royale itself, with the rules and everything uh, that are seen that are so popular in video games today, come from there. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, there's all kinds of shows that are almost paying homages to it and are like straight ripoffs and very inspired by this movie as well. Such as, for example, Squid Game is also kind of like a how to say um, trickle down. Uh, variation of the same concept so and I think I watched the second movie with you uh yeah I actually um I actually dug dug forth my uh copy of the second movie uh, yeah 
So I think we did, and this one is actually recorded in 2003. So I think we were pretty young, impressionable <laughs> minds at that time. Yeah. Um, I think I saw the first one when I was even younger. Uh, oh, so you had seen the first one uh, already by then? Yeah, yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> the first one is clearly the good movie among these two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then again, so this movie, of course, is about how <laughs> essentially for population control, the Japanese government randomly selects a graduating middle school class to uh, when they're on their trip, like, uh, how to say, like graduation trip almost, like a final school trip or class trip, then they get gassed um, aboard a bus and they get dropped onto an island with uh, randomized equipment. They basically just get a duffel bag. At first they're at the briefing that, uh, with a guy often played, or in this movie, placed by, played by uh, Takeshi Kitano, who's also like a pretty prominent Japanese actor, known for playing like, you know, shady types and Yakuza figures and such. Pretty badass guy. And um, he's the guy who does the briefing. He's also the teacher of the class, the homeroom teacher, and you know, um, he's supposed to brief them that yeah, you're supposed to kill each other off until there's only one survivor. You get these, you have the, they have these collars around their necks that blows their head up if they try to, if they break the rules or if they try to escape and such. And mm -hmm. also, if the timer goes up, because I think they have like three days to complete this. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then they all get a duffel bag that has like basic survival supplies and a randomized weapon. So it can be anything from a fucking Spaz 12 shotgun to a paper fan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then of course um, there's all the kids are there and there's a couple more wild cards so there's one guy who finished it once before but he's back again with a different agenda right um, yeah yeah and then there's another guy who is just there for fun <laughs> like he just thinks it's fun to just kill kids you know mm -hmm. um, and then of course they're just let out I think, well, I think a couple of the students died during the briefing as well because, you know, obviously not everyone is just going to take that kind of information uh, lying down. Mm, yeah. And uh, it's all very dramatic and it's it's a pretty heavy scene during that briefing. And then they're just let out and chaos ensues with mm -hmm. uh, all, you know, the kids splitting into all kinds of different factions. Some trying to, hoping to try and hack and, and escape from there and others uh, actually trying to establish dominance kind of like Lord of the Flies which of course this is also so a little bit inspired by Lord of the Flies to an extent as well and of course in the middle of, the, of it all you have the protagonist uh, Shuya who just wants everyone to stop fighting and hope have a desperate hope that they're somehow gonna make it home alive mm -hmm. so yeah great movie pretty horrible at times yeah, they uh, they're pretty pretty out there when it comes to the two being graphical. Yeah, as, yeah, as far sure. as I can remember, it's, it's been a few years. Yeah, it has some pretty fucked up scenes. It, it has some scenes that are very anime as well. Yeah, um, but in a cool way though, because it's it's kind of like in a realistic setting, and nobody's supposed to have superpowers or anything. Um, so it's still kind of just a little bit stylized. Um, uh, 
I mean the you know uh, the fire scene from the first movie. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of superpowers, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess know. so. Also, um, that guy's also pro- portrayed to be kind of demonically evil, so I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, he, it's kind of when you're that kind of a psychopath, like such a ruthless, sadistic person. He's kind of. I can, just can't imagine him being a function, able to be a functional member of society all the way up until that point when he's suddenly <laughs> let loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But who knows? You don't really get any backstory on him, so. Yeah. Uh, but he really works as an antagonist. Yeah, definitely. And um, I would say, like, if, if people like consider these movies, there's, there's, I would say, like most of the, 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 the graphicness, it's like gore, right? Uh, yeah. There's not really much uh, psychological uh, kind of horror. Uh, no, apart from the concept itself, then mm-hmm. then yeah, that's true. Maybe a little bit. I mean, there's there's some some hard scenes to watch or like some pretty intense scenes when it comes yeah. to psychological, but it's not. It's more so focused on just the intensity of them trying to make you out alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell that Hunger Games took uh, <laughs> more than a few uh, inspirations from this movie. Yeah. But also, I mean, it also kind of manages to have quite a few uh, simultaneous plots or side plots going on with different students, and it all kind of comes full circle in the end. Yeah. Um, and there are some. One of the scenes that I remember very vividly is also regarding this uh, the sadistic guy when he kind of because he just wants to taunt people to come and try and get him. I don't know if you remember this scene, but he kind of he he um, he shoots these girls. They're also just trying to survive, and then he just like you know he incapacitates them, and then one of them had a micro or a megaphone as a as a weapon, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of like he just first he just does the thing so that everybody gets the, the can hear it, and then he puts the megaphone. He's like pinned her with his leg or something, and then he just puts the megaphone down to her so that everybody can hear and yeah. then he just fucking takes the submachine gun he got and just like shoots her repeatedly in the back <laughs> and just fucking broadcasts her screams just to taunt people to come and get it I was like holy fuck yeah, it was like next level that, sadistic that's pretty good yeah yeah it's a horrible but also very like intense and impactful scene yeah I mean you to me, you kind of if you, if you if you're gonna make a character that is evil for for the sake of evil, you know, yeah. you, you kind of have to stretch it really far for me to actually buy it. Absolutely, and I bought that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. And they also somehow manages to make him be a little bit like that kind of anime cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's fucking horrible, but he's also kind of. He's also stylized in a way, so yeah. you know, most of the kills he does and stuff is kind of like. Has a little bit of that anime cool in it. Yeah. But overall, I think it also works because the premise itself is more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the budget constraints, uh, they don't show that much because they don't have to have a lot of special effects. And as soon as you mix superpowers into it, a lot of it just, uh, you know, that's when it tends to go out the window for me. 
Yeah, I think, for, especially for us Western audiences, um, as the years have gone by with you know the increasing quality in CGI and stuff, mm -hmm. we we've come to expect a certain level of uh, you know good stuff, uh, <laughs> good CGI, you know, and uh, yeah. that kind of budget doesn't really exist in Japan for for most of these movies. True, um, and. Though it, especially during that time, which is this, I mean, Battle Royale 1 came out mm -hmm. in the year 2000. Yeah. And I think these days, obviously, 2022, there are more movies that are, you know, uh, better. Some mm -hmm. of the, like, Rurouni Kenshin movies and stuff have noticeably better. I mean, those really pull off that epic scale of movies, but yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, anyway, this movie is a highly recommended watch because it's so influential. So. Um, I mean, I don't know how close it is to the manga, but it's just a very interesting watch in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go to yours? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I want to uh, kick mine off with probably the ones I've enjoyed the most, uh, uh -huh. or the trilogy. Uh, so it's the 20th century boys. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, which I think, at least for me, and maybe uh, more or less for you as well, we went into this blind. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and what a ride it was, I want to say. Uh, I, I I didn't expect anything, but I I didn't expect what we got either, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it's, a... it's, kind of, it's kind of grounded, but also out there. Uh, <laughs> it, it has some moments that are pretty far out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of the movies are very kind of like, yeah, low key. Um, I, I'm kind of looking for a way to explain what it's about, um, but uh, like in short, it's it's about a group of friends who grew up uh, during the moon landing. Right, uh, right. <clears throat> that's kind of the the onset of the, of the entire story. Uh, they make some sort of pact, I think. Uh, you become some sort of cool group or group of heroes or whatever. Uh, I actually can't remember because it's been a long, long time. Well, they were very young kids. As yeah, well, yeah, the they time. were like five, six, seven years old. Yeah. Uh, so most of the story uh, takes place in like modern day, or at the time modern day. I believe like 2000 around there. Um, so it's like most of the people uh, the movie is about are just living their lives. Uh, our protagonist is kind of a an adult uh, sort of delinquent, isn't he? I yeah. He's just riding his motorcycle around and playing guitar. Uh, yeah, I mean he yeah. It's a cool uncle, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I can't really rem remember a lot of the stuff that happens up until the protagonist kind of makes his entrance, uh, which is in the first movie, isn't it? Friend. <laughs> Friend. Yes. Uh, I I don't remember. I remember just pieces of this of these movies. Yeah, that's the same. But anyway, so. There's a guy called Friend uh, who wears a full-on uh, hood over his entire face, and there's a sort of white uh, 
hand with an eye on, uh, yeah, right. which is kind of his mask. Uh, and he fine. he more or less starts a cult, mm-hmm. or or it really is a cult, and I don't remember what the cult is about. Uh, but I believe he wants control of Japan. I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, they, they also plan to destroy the world on New Year's Eve of 2000, I think. Yeah, yeah, right, that's the thing. Yeah, and they, they make the Friendship Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would welcome the Friendship Democratic Party today. Sounds kind of nice. Uh, it, it's also a little bit... Um, it's a little bit how to say, laughably relevant because <laughs> yeah. they also release a virus and present the vaccine and gain <laughs> popularity though. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All we need now, not that I actually believe that this is real, that they did that in real life, but... All they need now is a giant robot, and then we need like this one guy, Kenji, come in with his guitar and his motorcycle, and we're, we're all safe. Yeah, because there, there are giant robots in this, uh, <laughs> these movies. Um, I will say giant robots that are... Um, they look very much like, you know, viable um, yeah. Yeah. for like us humans to make in this time period. It's not like um, super cool mechs or something. No. It's just some sort of like, I don't know, a a tank with a a, like a torso. Yeah. (laughs) Just upscale. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't really remember much. Like, it's just bits and pieces of these movies, but they are really cool, and there's a huge like sense of mystery through the movies and yeah. their time skips. Uh, there's a huge cast which might off-put like, some people, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're not uh, familiar with the source material, but if you if you pay attention, if you like enjoy it, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. um, there, there's three movies, and I remember that we saw... Did we see two of them at the same time, and then we struggled to... F- I think there was one of them we struggled to find in like good quality. Maybe, maybe. So they weren't that easy uh, to think of like Before we had the budget to like, you know, order DVDs from across the world and stuff. Right. Uh, so we had to visit the, you know... Playcom? (laughs) Yeah, and you know, the base. Uh, You know, the the Pirate Bay and such. Ah, right. Yeah, those were the times. Yeah. And for this movie, I also remember like... It has one of those, one of the more memorable moments is that there's kind of like this Empire Strikes Back kind of thing going on, where, at like at some part, it's just everything has gone to shit. Like the bad guys has essentially won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the end of the second movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then the movie fucking ends with, uh, suddenly you see like the main protagonist grown up who's been gone for a while now. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think he's in much of the second movie at all. No, his daughter or niece or something. It's the right. Yeah, and then at the very end, he just, you just suddenly see this like scene of him just driving with his guitar on his back uh, on a motorcycle and just like singing that song or something mm-hmm. that he's famous mm-hmm. for. And then he just like it ends there. 
And I, I remember that was such a moment where you're just like, what? Oh, fuck. How's he gonna, how are we gonna reverse all this? And like, holy shit, Kenji's back. And like, instantly yeah. wanted to make me watch the third movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so I will say, trying to wrap up this, it's it's a pretty pretty decent set of, of films. Uh, they've got kind of mixed receptions from, you know, critics. Yeah. Uh, but if you enjoy... Um, a kind of storyline that is really out there um but also uh, still be- I, I can't i can't honestly say believable but it's it's more grounded than a lot of other stuff we watched um yeah. honestly good characters decent character development um and it it is sent it incentivizes you to to watch the next one yeah, um, and for me and Steph, I know it has one of the most meme songs ever. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can leave a link in the description. <laughs> uh, well, if you watch this, if you need any more incentive to watch this movie, the song itself makes it worth it. Yeah, I think me myself have. have opened my a lot of these podcasts with the <laughs> the chorus yeah. for the song right uh I mean okay I'm not gonna spoil the song but well it's a it's a good trilogy of movies if you if you just want something different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know if you're tired of all the katanas and the power of friendship and yeah all that kind of stuff and it's a it's a very i i assume that the manga is quite a bit better so yeah like you know um but this one is still for me i haven't read the manga i went in blind like you and i really enjoy these movies so i think that for the most part um it it did its job and it was a good adaptation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) so um yeah are we gonna head to the next one? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I want to head into. Uh, there's this one director who has made quite a few uh, anime adaptations into live action movies, uh, and his name is Takashi Miike. He's a very, mm-hmm. he's a pretty prominent director in in Japan, and he has made. Quite a few. Uh, he, he's also known for quite violent movies, and you know he's um, made a lot of yakuza movies, and it's a little bit like so. And of course, this also reflects in quite a few of his, uh, you know, his adaptations too, because he tends to pick movies that are or like uh, animes that are a little bit, you know. Ultra violent. Mm-hmm. So the ones I want to talk about is actually not the mo- like not the most brutal. I'll get to that later. But this one is um, he made two movies called or like yeah cra- called Crows. Yeah. Crow Zero, one and two. I'm not actually sure if he made the second one. He at least 100% made the first one. And Crows is essentially a delinquent manga about this um, this school called Suzuran that's just 
the, all the worst delinquents across Japan is just placed there. There's like no teaching or anything. It's just like the the, the students rule the school, and uh, it's every kid's like it's an all boys school, of course, and all the boys there dream of just being the highest ranked in strength by the time they graduate, so they can be the king of Suzuran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so this movie starts with uh, or like tells the tale of Genji, who's like a first year that has like really high potential in fighting and he just comes in there and just uh, but basically it's about him trying to just establish his place there um and along the way of course he tries to assemble a crew to take down the big uh, the big boss that's currently ruling suzuran called uh serisawa and of course you have the outlier called rindaman which is just like this gigantic <laughs> guy who just never graduated and he's just like he doesn't partake in any of the power struggles but he is by far the strongest yeah so no one has beaten him and of course you know um so it's about this like just um him like genji fighting his way to the top and of course eventually and, and um a lot of the fight choreography is very exaggerated as in it's like all just like wide punches and they can take like you know 50 punches before they even start to <laughs> have visible visible um you know injuries and stuff mm-hmm. while other like pleb characters that show up can just get knocked the fuck out in like one punch or kick yeah but this i don't know this one just first of all since it's just a delinquent manga it's kind of easier to make uh, budget-wise because it's very, you know, you essentially just need exaggerated fighting and and there's not really much in terms of superpowers. No. And I think that's also why it works and for some reason, he or like, Mike manages to blend the humor from the manga, you know, make the characters interesting. Even the villains are fleshed out a lot here. Um, they're, they're made to be not really that bad they're, they're more just like a different side of the coin they're just another faction that also has you know likable characters mm-hmm. and they all of them get good development too throughout the movie except there's one scene that really <laughs> boggles my mind are we talking bowling no that, that's oh. a fucking great scene yeah it is <laughs> yeah it's just so out there for some reason but it's so funny and it's so random that it just, yeah. You, you'll see it when you know. It. You, you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. But, but no, there's actually a scene that completely uh, tanks the pacing of the movie. Okay. Uh, which there's a scene I don't remember how far into it. Maybe like close to halfway through, where Genji has this thing going on with a girl, and he kind of goes to this place. And she does a performance. Mm. Do you remember this one? Essentially, it's just like, uh, suddenly, it's not just a scene where someone sings and the main character listens to. It legitimately turns into a music video. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Yeah, maybe that's for the better. It, it's it's really, really out of place, and it's, <laughs> it's very strange mm-hmm. uh, and jarring, and... It just completely did not work. But you gotta pay the bills somehow, I guess. 
but then the character turns out to actually be, you know, somewhat related to the main character and all that. But mostly, if you can look past that, the movie is fucking great. It has everything you want. It has the, the fighting. It has the emotional stakes. It has the cool characters. Um, you know, it has the funny scenes. It has the comedy. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the main characters that are cool here and developed. It's actually a very colorful cast. Yeah. Um, so this one is highly recommended. Yeah, it, it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a blast to watch all it's the just, way through. Like it's it's really like funny uh, characters. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the, the seriousness is it's non-existent. Existent. So you can just like kick back and watch people fight. Yeah. And uh, you have these like iconic two versus fifty fights. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Obviously, fifty plebs. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a Dynasty Warriors movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've no, the, these are good. Uh, there's actually a fourth, uh, third movie. Yeah, explode. Yeah. Mm, I've uh, seen that one as well. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen it, but I see it. Both, both uh, Zero and Zero Two is uh, directed by Mike. Okay, yeah, and that, that makes sense because uh, the second one is also very good. Mm -hmm. um, because in that one, of course, what's the next step? Well, you introduce a rival school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I think the school is called Hosen. That sounds about right. Yeah, and the thing there is that everybody. Also an old boy school, of course, and they have to, like, all of them have to shave their heads. Uh, so they're all, like, buzz cut, except for the generals, you know, like the, the hot shots, the, the heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. the, because they, of course, have, you know, typical, very, very stylized hair and all that, so they really stick out. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, in this one, Genji has to team up with the former leader of uh, Susuran, like Serizawa. They have to join their factions together and... And, you know, bring the pain to Holsen because they pick a fight. I think there's some kind of setup by somebody that kind of makes them fight. It's like pulling some strings behind the scenes in order to have them take out each other, sort of. Um, and, you know, there, there's some complications to the plot there and everything, but all in all, also just more of the same. A lot of cool fights. Uh... You know, most of. Um, I'm pretty sure that if you watch this, you're gonna have a, a couple of favorite characters, and most likely they're also gonna have their time to shine in this movie. Mm -hmm. So, third one was alright, but uh, it has some cool characters as well. But I felt like that one kind of took it in a bit of a different direction. Is it um, a different cast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, after because I think Genji. And crew, they they graduate after or like at the end of the second movie. Because mm -hmm. I think the very last scene. This is not really that much spoilers um, about the story, but I think the very last scene is that on graduation day, Genji tries one last time to attack Irindaman to see if he can beat him before it ends, and you just like kind of see them charging each other, and then it ends. Yeah, it's. I, I think that's how Explode ends as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Hirindamon. What a fucking <laughs> unit of a man. Yeah. So, uh, these ones are highly recommended for me. How do you graduate from this school? <laughs> I, I wonder. 
I, I don't know. I guess you just <laughs> threatened the teachers enough or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this is fun. It's such a, it's such a great concept, I think. Yeah. And it, it's just shonen battle manga at its core. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just the best parts of it. All the parts that make you make you like it and just like you know bring with it a uh, good direction good cast that actually can act and a really badass soundtrack except for the music video but the they even have this kind of like anime opening kind of thing to it to both the movies as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah I highly recommend this one yeah both of them so do I do you want to yeah. Go to your next one. I'll um just head on to Ultimate Gambler Kaiji then. Oh shit! Another movie I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I think me as well since we we saw it. Both yeah. of them, I think. Yes. So um, essentially, what these movies are about, or at least the first one, is um our main guy Kaiji, who has like crippling gambling debt. <laughs> um, I think there are some like circumstances around it, which he's probably oh people some stuff and blah blah blah, you know, as theft usually is. And um, I I think he gets invited to this like ultimate gambling um sort of event. Yeah. 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 Right. Um. Sounds um, familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, invited along with. Lots of other people with crippling gambling debt. Um, yeah. It's a lot of kind of like, you know, Squid Game, as we like to compare it to. Um, 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 so it follows this like completely useless guy, I would say. Um, and most of like the movie and plot um, happens inside this casino or this um, sort of hotel, like convention center type thing where um, some super wealthy pricks are um, like more or less keeping these people captive I don't remember um, if there is sort of a penalty for losing but there probably was um, weren't you put in like labor camp or, or something yeah it was pretty bad yes because that's the, the the second movie isn't it and I, I think yeah and I think there's also isn't there also a scene where because they they're put through these really high stake kind of uh, mm -hmm. really high stake kind of competitions and one of them isn't it almost exactly the same as the the one where they in Squid Game where they have to cross the bridge for the with the glass panels yeah yeah it's it's the final one um, right right so I was gonna get to that I don't remember all the tasks but I think the first one is uh, rock paper scissor yeah uh, where you get I think you get they get each two scissor uh, kind of cards, two rock cards and two paper cards, and you have to go around and battle using up all your cards yeah. and accumulate wins. Um, and you know, there's a lot of tactics, people try to team up, people try to fuck each other over, or they just play, you know, they are addicts, so they're obviously, they, they can't like not play, you yeah. know. Uh, and it's kind of it's sort of sad like I feel um, it it brings up a lot of the problems of our of our society you know yeah 
and uh, shows kind of how far pe people in depth and people who are addicted to gambling will go to either get more money to just gamble away or get out. Yeah, uh, just feed their vices and feed their addiction. Yeah, because I, I believe the final task, as, as Steph was uh, talking about, is walking on one girder from one high-res building to another. Like one uh, steel uh, beam, you know? Yeah. And obviously you die if you fall off, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are, yeah... <clears throat> really high stakes. Um, this one actually is would be recommended for someone who enjoyed Squid Game because uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot of similar concepts in here. Mm -hmm. And like it isn't it isn't super sad. It isn't like really kind of mellow. You uh, you um, like the protagonist is like this super happy, stupid guy. Uh, he's just fucked himself over. Yeah, and he's also really good at gambling. Yeah, you wouldn't think though. Do you no, see? you wouldn't think so. But no, I think uh, that's uh, a lot of the people who who accumulate gambling that probably are really good at gambling. But it's it's just that it's gambling, right? So you you can't really get get like ultimately good at it. No, there's always too a, a huge element of uh, of chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also want to add like a small tidbit about this one because the, the the guy who plays Kaiji, the protagonist, is actually also the guy who plays uh, the main pro uh, the protagonist of Battle Royale. Mm. Tatsuya hmm. Fujiwara. He's uh, quite. He also plays Light in the Death Note real uh, live action one, the Japanese one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So he's uh, he's played in a lot. He also plays. Uh, what's his name again? The burnt guy in uh, Kenshin. Uh, Shishio? Is that his name? The guy with uh, the. All the bandages. Yeah, the bandages and the minigun and stuff. Yeah, the, the main. The main yeah, like, yeah, super yeah, yeah. bad guy. From Udon Kenshin, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not really that much to go into uh, in the plot of these movies. It's a lot of. You know, character-based uh, interactions. You know, yeah. uh, it's a lot of just Kaiji being him and trying to get through these these ordeals, and um, obviously it doesn't go super well since there's a number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I I would um, absolutely recommend them. Um, I mean, I I might have had a sort of let what should I say I think my expectations or uh, my uh, requirements for enjoying a movie might have been a bit lower back then but true the thing for me especially with these Japanese movies is I can't really discern what is good acting and not you know since I don't speak the language Apart yeah. from the the anime phrases, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, I would say there are a couple of movies on this list that I can recommend wholeheartedly without saying that. Yeah, this is nostalgia goggles talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Crows movies are definitely one of those. Some yeah, of those and, and and Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> uh, do, do you have anything more you want to add to this one, though? 
Not really. There's not really that much more I remember. Again, it's just that I, I remember us and having a good time watching them. Yeah. So if you're already in the, you know, in the pit when it comes to uh, looking up these kind of movies, then, then these ones you can do far worse than. Yeah, and there are no power powers here, you know, there's no superpowers or stuff, it's just yeah. people. Exactly, and um, well, the one I want to talk about next is also by Mike, and this one is kind of like, uh, oh boy, how do I, uh, how do I talk about this one? <laughs> it's called Itchy the Killer. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, this movie is very gory. <laughs> and it's um, also kind of hilarious at times. So, I mean, essentially this movie has a lot of like bodily like mutilation scenes and torture scenes and, and just... It, it goes some places. There's a lot of nasty scenes with hooks, uh, some tongues being cut off and like... A lot of sexual violence and I don't know it goes places it just like it, it just goes everywhere but it <laughs> also somehow manages to be at times very hilarious because <laughs> uh, like one of the first scenes in this movie because uh, it's about like it is about uh, a Yakuza enforcer named Kakihara who well if you've seen the poster or the cover of this movie it's the guy on the cover uh, he's kind of icon iconic because he's blonde and he he has his cheeks are cut open, so he has like this gigantic uh, opening, like you know, a gigantic mouth. But he staples them ch them shut, <laughs> and he does that himself because he's like a super sadomasochist and he loves pain, and that's also part of why he works there because he gets to inflict pain and he also he hopes to you know, find someone who can inflict, you know, higher levels of pain on him that he'll, he'll, he's ever imagined. So already by the premise, you can kind of t tell that this is, um, you know. So, uh, essentially, he's searching for his missing boss. And throughout his searches, he comes across this guy named Ichi, who is a super lethal killer. Uh, he, he wears like this combat suit, kind of looks like a motorcycle overall, like leather thing, that has a giant number one on the back. <laughs> uh, which, of course, Ichi, his name, mm -hmm. one. Uh, and he's extremely good at, I think, in this Taekwondo or something. Uh, he, he He's like a, a kicking martial art. And he's like a savant at it. And he kills because he has, or like, the way he kills is that he has um, razor blades that comes out of his heels on the, in the suit. And he just slices people with kicks, essentially. Mm. Uh, but he's also horrifically emotionally stunted. So he, he, he just like breaks down and cries and he's just like, he, he's all sorts of fucked in the head, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and he has this handler who's like this really shady looking normal Japanese dude in a trench coat and and uh, a hat who looks like a completely normal guy. I don't remember his name, but he's kind of like the guy who sends out... He kind of acts as a fucked up father figure for Ichi, because clearly he's like a small child. 
uh, in his head, and he just, you know, he uh, manipulates him into killing people and stuff, and he knows that Ichi also gets extreme sexual stimulation from inflicting pain on people. Uh, and of course, Kakihara, the, the staple guy, he realizes that Ichi is so fucked up that he might be the one that can cause him, inflict the ultimate ecstasy pain on him. So he kind of becomes obsessed with sort of, you know, <laughs> getting this uh, face off with Ichi where they kill each other in horrible ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a premise for a movie. It's it's kind of like, you know when it gets so excessive that it, and it's self-aware that mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. also becomes kind of funny at times? Yeah. Uh, so, for example, there's, I'm going to give a couple of examples of scenes. And there's a lot of fucked up shit in this movie. But uh, <laughs> one of the scenes is that one of the enemies sends out like this dominatrix that's supposed to kind of like seduce Ichi. Mm. And this is like a dominatrix that is very accustomed to pain. Like more than usual, very fond of inflicting and receiving pain. Right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she starts to kind of try to seduce Ichi and, you know, kind of gets him to they start getting into some BDSM stuff and she starts rolling him off a little bit and they kind of ramp it up and ramp it up and then suddenly he just fucking kicks her leg off (laughs) (laughs) he's just like what (sighs) and of course she just fucking panics and is bleeding profusely and it's just like and he's just like having so much fun and he just like fucking obliterates her mm. and still thinks it's a game and doesn't understand like you know what's going on mm. um and this is gonna sound horrible but the first scene kind of sets the stage for this movie uh, or like one of the first scenes at least is <laughs> essentially this penthouse apartment um and then you kind of see through the window of that apartment you see the guy like a guy who's abusing his wife um and then they just start kind of start to and then you see that itchy is kind of watching them from the veranda <laughs> and i think eventually you know that abusing turns sexual and instead of doing his job he just jacks off and just like comes on the <laughs> plant and runs away and you're just like, okay, I guess. Uh... Our main protagonist, everybody. Um, now, I, I don't know. This this movie's so weird. And it's just so extreme in a lot of ways. Um, but it has... If you can believe me after all hearing all of this. It has... If you're okay with gore. And there there's a lot of self-aware kind of like... They're kind of like winking at you a little bit. That kind of humor in there. So overall, it's very fucked up, but it's also kind of funny. It's not just exploitation. It's also, you know, it actually has a fairly interesting plot and and good acting and like some very unique characters to put it into that. Put it that way. Yeah, sounds not like it. For, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's not for everyone for sure. It's absolutely not for everyone, but. You know, if you think that this kind of movie sounded interesting, then yeah, you should probably watch it because, uh, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but it sounds amazing. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's me, though. So. Yeah. Right. Oh. I, I I know that there are like since I know you, I know there are several scenes in this movie that you're gonna laugh your fucking ass off. From. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it, yeah, it really it really goes places. I mean, uh, the part you're talking about with the, you know, him standing on the balcony jacking off to fucking bloody murder almost. Yeah. That's so funny to me. That, yeah, <laughs> that's like so, peak humor. Yeah, but it's also like just, it's so not what you expect yeah. to happen. Because uh, you kind of expect him to just go in there and just obliterate the guy and and stuff. Um, I don't remember the whole scene. Maybe he does eventually as well, but I also just remember that he just jacks off into the plant and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? Um, but that's the mm. level of uh, depraved people you're dealing with in this, in this movie. So, yeah. Do you wanna, do you wanna go on to the next one? Yeah, sure. I um, I feel like I have to, to bring up um, Detective Pikachu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say probably is the most, uh, or by far the most mainstream of these, all of these movies, I guess. Yeah, probably. Uh... Um, and I was really skeptical uh but it worked out yeah i think mm. for me there's a lot of uncanny valley uh sort of in these movies or in this True. movie uh with uh <laughs> some of the pokemon you've you've kind of grown to or yeah learn to know as uh, kind of smooth suddenly having fur after like 20 years but uh, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is you know jigglypuff being a balloon but suddenly she has like hair yeah, kind of fucks me, but um, yeah. I mean, this—it's kind of a lot of us older Pokemon fans, sort of wet dream, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, I had an amazing time watching it. I should I even go into like the the, the plot here or? Uh, I mean, I guess you can. I, I don't know. Like, I think most people have. A lot of people might have seen this one, right? Yeah, it's sort of the one of the more basic plots with Mewtwo going like batshit crazy, yeah. or I would almost say like getting uh, becoming sentient, but that's not quite it either. Uh, at least not in this movie, because um, that's kind of the Mewtwo storyline. I I think is the best, you know, Mewtwo being artificially created and uh, yeah. kind of achieving sentience and just being extremely mad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the plot is kind of different here, and I can't really go into why because it would spoil the ending. Uh, True. But um. You can talk about what you liked about it, though. Yeah, like, I think the casting is good. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think Ryan Reynolds is a decent fit to Pikachu. Uh, it kind of, you know, it is a different Pikachu than most people <laughs> people are used to. Um, yeah, but that's easily excusable, though. Considering, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That we're just used to Ash's Pikachu. There mm-hmm. are all kinds of different personalities mm-hmm. in the different mm-hmm. um, individuals of Pikachu's. So. And of course he talks, and he talks a lot. <laughs> but that is Ryan Reynolds, you know, so... Me being a fan of Ryan Reynolds, for, or for the most part, it's it mm-hmm. funny. And um, I'm a huge fan of Justice Smith, um, uh, you know, the, the, the owner of Pikachu, you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen him in a lot of... Um, stuff um just want to shout out um 
the get down you people need to see it if you're into rap music um okay. but yeah um there's a lot of good humor um there's cool fighting which <laughs> i think is what most people came to see absolutely yeah seeing charizard in that fucking sweet 3d animation yeah dude yeah charizard was menacing as hell mm-hmm mm-hmm no, I think uh, for me, what this movie is uh, more than anything is uh, a testament to that it is possible to make these kind of movies. Yeah, uh, with proof of concepts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I I hope they have plans to make more. Um, we all know, um, like old-time Pokemon fans, that the Pokemon Company are extremely afraid of making anything other than what they've always made. Um, but I believe there is potential here for really good stuff. I mean, if we could get like origins level of uh, story and like fighting. Yeah. I mean, I would have to bring tissues to the deer because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's a good watch. It's a. It's a clean recommendation for me but I think most people have seen it Maybe. or have chosen not to see it I think those who did chose not to uh, should probably give it a chance if nothing else just for how they actually made the Pokemon come to life in this because mm -hmm. that's really what works the most in this movie is just like how they actually make it seem like this is a living breathing Pokemon integrated world and yeah, um, a lot of the call it realistic makeovers for the Pokemon really worked. Mm -hmm. Some of them are disturbing, but that's also kind of like to be expected. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and not all of them are benevolent. There are, they are at heart smarter animals. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think um, what I enjoy a lot in this movie seeing is like a sprawling city of people and Pokemon being integrated, you know? Yeah. It it is always portrayed as uh, a world where Pokemon and humans live and interact mm -hmm. uh, together, but like in the anime and the games, you you kind of never get to see it at a like real scale. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's cool. You see a lot of the Pokemon's being like street chefs and whatever, and it's yeah. it's cool. <laughs> it's it's very like sort of nitpicky, but for Pokemon fans, it's it's really enjoyable. I think. Yeah, I mean, you you can't expect like pop fiction level of no no no, story no, no, no. Or anything like that. But it is an it's entertaining and it works. Like you know, it it is a decent movie that features Pokemon and it works for me. It worked on that level as well and a proof of concept that says you know has yeah. a lot of potential for the future. And you get Mewtwo, which I think is he was badass in this movie though. From all the iterations of like Pokemon's we've got. Uh, I, I still think Mewtwo is like the top three coolest. Uh, there, there aren't many like sort of innately evil, and and Mewtwo isn't like like pure evil. No, but he usually starts out that way. Yeah. Uh, because he has a pretty fucked up like or origin, you know. So. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. He's a sim very sympathetic villain. Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, the attempt to turn into more of a. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he has a lot of development, usually. 
yeah isn't what you call it in like the chaotic neutral or or something yeah 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 near, yeah, yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah and usually he turns into kind of like a leader of other pokemon as well yeah and, yeah uh... all right well um i think that about does it for this episode i think we have way more recommendations but we can't fit it all into one episode so if you like these ones and if you actually check out some of these movies or have seen them please let us know what you thought are we fucking banana stupid in our uh <laughs> recommendations or do you think we actually we actually uh did introduce you to some uh some spicy anime adaptations here mm-hmm. uh anyways more to come thank you for listening uh please like and subscribe we hope that some someday we will become a proper podcast <laughs> <laughs> one day and one day yeah so uh, but yeah as always uh stay human hey thank you